The Holy Gospel according to John, the 13th chapter. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me. And as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Christ. My dear brothers and sisters, I bring you grace and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So I don't want to begin my sermon with something morbid. I hope this isn't morbid, but I want to ask a question. Um, has anyone else ever given any thought to what they want on their tombstone? I'm not talking about the pizza, by the way. <laughs> Was that a yes? I, did I see a few hands going up? Yeah? Um, I don't think that's morbid, and it turns out I've actually thought about it, uh, and I'm going to share with you what for a number of years now, I don't remember the first time I stumbled on this uh, line, but ever since then I've assumed that that would be what I would like on mine. I am not contractually obligating myself to do this, by the way, by sharing it this morning, and I hope it's not needed anytime soon. But uh, on my tombstone, I would like four simple words. All shall be well. All shall be well. And you may say, well, that's interesting, Tim, but why in the heck would you bring that up this morning? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> in our hymnal, you may not know this, but in the very first pages of our hymnal, uh, not the hymns, but the page numbers at the bottom, um, it's literally, I think, the first thing that shows up on pages 14 and 15. Uh, on page 14, you see, it, it's all under the rubric of calendar. So page 14, you've got Sundays and principal festivals. That's sort of the rhythm of the church year. On page 15, you have what is called lesser festivals and commemorations. And it turns out, last week was the festival of the woman who wrote the words, all shall be well. It's on May 8th, and her name is Julian of Norwich. She's listed here as a renewer of the church, the Circa, Circa 1416 is the approximate date of her death. So I saw that and I thought, oh, well, maybe we should talk a little about Julian. And it's also, of course, that line, all shall be well, which is part of a slightly longer passage, all shall be well and all shall be well and all manner of things shall be well, is a very Easter kind of message. And of course, we're still in the season of Easter. Reinforcing that is well, both of our readings for today, but the one from Revelation that the Kainalu read for this, us this morning, this is often read at um, funerals, by the way. This is Revelation chapter 21. 
I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more, for the first things have passed away. Which is another way of saying what? All shall be well. So I want to just share a little bit about this amazing woman named Julian of Norwich and then offer something she has to teach us today. Uh, she lived from, I think, uh, 1343 until about 1416 in a town called Norwich. Uh, Norwich is about two and a half hours drive northeast of London. It's still there today. Pastor Valerie has been there. Uh, she takes her name, the name we know her by, by the way, because of its connection to the church, which was named St. Julian's. That's just to complicate things. It's a different Julian, a saint from the third and fourth century. Uh, we don't know her, her actual name, but we call her Julian of Norwich. She was an author, a mystic, and something called an anchoress, which is the female version of an anchorite, which is a type of hermit. It's someone who lives uh, enclosed in a, a cell. Uh, a room, they, they literally lock them in. I mean, they do this by choice. Um, and there's a service that sort of represents their now entering into this new way of life. Usually that cell is connected to a church. That was the case for Julian. It was connected to this St. Julian's Church in Norwich. Pastor Valerie has actually been to that church. It's still there. It was actually destroyed uh, largely, at least, during World War II, but they rebuilt it with the same... Uh, stones that it, that it had originally been built with. So she was in this small cell. Uh, she could see into the church from that cell so she could participate in worship. And there was another window to the outside world where people could come up and talk to her. Uh, and interestingly, she is uh, she's the oldest, how do I say this? Her published works are the oldest published works in English by a female author which is kind of cool, actually. And it's in, those works are called the showings or the revelations of divine love, and that's where we get that line, all shall be well, and all shall be well, and all manner of thing shall be well. Now, you might say, well, that's all well and good, Tim, and that is, yes, that's a beautiful sentiment, but it is very sentimental. Sounds a little like some kind of Hallmark card. But come on, she lived a long time ago, what could she have possibly known about pain or challenge or difficulty or grief? I'm sure her life was just simple in that little cell of hers all by herself. To which I say, nonsense. And here I'm reminded again of C.S. Lewis's admonition about chronological snobbery, um, which cuts two ways, right? So chronological snobbery means uh, one of two things. Either we say, well, since we live in 2022, obviously we are far smarter and wiser and more enlightened than anyone who's ever lived before us, to which I say, nonsense. Or we say, well, because we live in 2022, we have suffered more and experienced more pain and devastation and grief than anyone who's lived before us, to which I also say, nonsense. So three uh, points from Julian's life will make the case here. First of all, she was born 
during something called the Hundred Years' War, which, as its name implies, lasted about... Very good. And it was one of the major military conflicts in the Middle Ages between England and France. Again, it had already started when she was born, and it was, already, it was continuing to go on after she died. So her whole life was surrounded by war. Second, because of that war, her country, England, suffered terribly from famine. So she understood that people not having enough to eat. And third, something we can all sort of resonate with in our time, she lived during a time of pandemic, specifically during the Black Plague or the Black Death, which afflicted or hit her town of Norwich not once, not twice, but three times, devastating the population there. And one of those times, she almost died. Now, in the face of that, you can imagine someone like her, a theologian, a mystic, someone who meditates on God and writes about God, seeing God as someone who is a judgmental God, a God who is anxious in retribution, a God who we should stand in fear of. And one of the amazing things, I would say one of the miracles of Julian's life, is that isn't how she viewed God at all. She understood and viewed God thanks to these encounters she had with God in a very personal way as only and always love. Completely, totally love. And I want to get to that with another passage from her. Um, if you Google Julian, Julian of Norwich again, N-O-R-W-I-C-H, and Google images of her, you'll find a number of images, often you'll see her with a cat. She, she is sometimes called the patron saint of cats. She's actually not technically a saint, but she did live with a cat in herself. She was very close to this cat, evidently, and some people have said, I'm not making this up, that she and her cat lit the way through a very dark time in the history of Europe. So you'll see her often with a cat. Often, though, you will see her with her hand outstretched holding a little nut specifically a hazelnut. And that image comes from this passage I'm gonna read for you now, it's not very long. And again, this is part of her, it's sometimes called the showings or the revelations of divine love, in which she writes about these encounters she had with Jesus. And in this, she writes, he showed me a little thing, like a hazelnut lying in the palm of my hand. I looked upon it with the eye of my understanding and thought, what may this be? And it was answered generally thus, it is all that is made. I marveled how it might last, for I thought it might suddenly have fallen to nothing because it was so small. And I was answered, it lasts and ever shall, for God loves it. Again, this idea of a loving God. It lasts and ever shall, for God loves it, and so have all things their beginning by the love of God. And then she lifts up three simple lessons that we get from this little hazelnut she observes in her hand. In this little thing I saw, she writes, three properties. The first is that God made it, the second that God loves it, and the third that God keeps it. My dear friends, during this Easter season, when we continue to celebrate the resurrection and we live with a sense of hope, I think it's appropriate for us 
to be reminded of that, those same three lessons. So hear them now. God made you. God loves you. And God will and always does keep you. And when we understand that, not only intellectually, but with the eyes of our heart, it allows us, I think, to live with the same kind of sense of hope and promise that Julian had, namely that all shall be well. And that, this is important, that's not only good for you, it's also good for the world. Because when people live out of that sense of hope, out of that sense of confidence in the future, I will submit to you that it changes the world. Will you join me in a word of prayer? Loving God, during this Easter season, we thank you for the gift of yourself and how you love us so deeply. Help us with Julian to understand and accept and receive that love so that we may also be convinced that all shall be well and that we may share that with a world in need. In all this we pray in the holy name of Jesus. Amen.